return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. ...about their decisions. We don't know it all yet, but we're thankful for each time that you're here. Let's welcome George, all right, as he comes to share. Thank you so much, Pastor Dave. Good evening, everyone. (laughs) Uh, It's always uh, a pleasure to be here. And we thank the Lord for making it possible for us to meet together and and to share His Word. Amen. Yeah. The Word of God is is life. And I want to thank you, Papa. You've been such a blessing to us. And... You've raised many sons and daughters in the ministry, and to you and Pastor Ginny, um, it's it's easy to just look by sight and underestimate the impact of your ministry just by looking at South Dakota and Brookings. But if you think about the people that have passed through the four walls of this church and have sat under your ministry and people that you've trained and groomed, um, and I'm no exception to that, You know, uh, going all around the world, bringing the good news with them. It's such a great blessing. And I want to thank you and Pastor Jeannie for your faithful service. And blessings to Pastor Randon and your beautiful wife, Angeline. Um, Let's put our hands together for the leadership of this church. Let's clap for them. It's ministry is not cheap. And it's not easy. Um, And... Like the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, nobody takes this responsibility upon himself. Um, So we thank God for you, and we thank God for what you're doing. Um, I want to continue my message today, the part two, of the nature and ministry of angels. Uh, Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word, which gives us life. Thank you for your word which gives us courage. Lord, we pray tonight that your people will receive clarity and understanding. And we pray that not only will your people receive understanding, but they will also receive assurance. And they will receive a confidence of the work of your spirit and that of your ministering angels. We pray that from today, people will begin to experience In different ways, the ministry of these amazing supernatural beings that you have sent to be a blessing to our lives. Thank you for an answer prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, I spoke the last time about angels and we talked about who they are. And we said they are ministering spirits. Talked a little bit about uh, what they do. And um, why it was important. So I ended that message talking about one of the functions of angels in that they actually influence people and influence circumstances to line up with the plan of God or to line up with the purpose of God. 
So uh, angels minister when God wants something done in the earth as relates to human beings. Angels are most of the time involved in these activities, but we don't see them all the time. And I also said that seeing angels is not as important as recognizing their work. Okay, because sometimes we get distracted by, there's a reason why we don't see them physically all the time. They appear to you when the Holy Spirit wants them to, but there's a reason why we don't see them all the time. It's because we can easily get distracted. We are human beings. Okay, so we see them when, when they need to be seen, and then after that they are not seen. We said a lot of things, but today I want to continue with um, some, uh, some of the other functions that angels perform um, in the body of Christ. What is their role? Okay, so number two, or you could term this at number one for this message, is that they, they worship, they are involved in worship, the worship of God, the worship and the service of God. And this is simple. This is something that every believer knows, right? Angels worship God all the time. In fact, when you go to heaven, their voices are all over the place. It's always voices of worship. It's always voices of praise. It's always voices of thanksgiving. But then, when you come to the church on earth too, angels are in our midst. Um, Angels are in our midst. And when we sing and worship with God, they sing and worship with us. Because the Bible says they are on Mount Zion, right? So let's look at a couple of quotations. In Job 38 verse 7, um, the Bible shows the angels singing. He says... When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So they shout, Amen. Yeah, so sometimes when Pastor Dave encourages you to shout, that's important. Shouting has its it has spiritual significance. Angels shout, they sing to God. They sing with energy and passion. Um, we also see in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, that... Uh, angels were singing before the throne. He says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine a choir that size? I tried to calculate. And the minimum number, if you take the numbers that John gives... The minimum number there is about 100 trillion. Okay, 10,000 times 10,000, 1,000, 1,000. That's 100 trillion angels. That's the size of God's choir. <laughs> Can you imagine how big? God is big, right? Can you imagine that? He is so majestic. Um, and angels sing to him all the time. So when you, when you sing to God... The angels watch you because they participate in the worship of God. These things are important. So when you come to church and you're worshiping, don't just stand there and watch other people sing too. Because they are spirit beings in our midst. Now, I will say this. Uh, Paul, in 1 Corinthians, was talking about how women should cover their hair and all that. And for a long time, this was a big controversy in the church. And people didn't really understand why Paul was talking about that. But Paul made a statement, and I I didn't give you the scripture, but Paul said, because of the angels. So it's not that when you don't cover your hair, you have sinned. It was a sign 
that you recognize the presence and the ministry of angels. Now, that doesn't mean that if you don't cover your hair, you don't recognize them. But it's something the church used to do as a sign that we know there are angels in our midst. And I'll talk more about that as, as we, we, we go ahead. So, um, we also see angels singing at the birth of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, the Bible says, Suddenly there was with the angel, the angel that came to make the announcement. Think about this. One angel came to make an announcement to the shepherds and all of a sudden the shepherds saw out of nowhere multitudes of angels, thousands of them in heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward man. Hallelujah. So they worship God. Number two, Angels work with the Holy Spirit to perform miracles. This is important. Angels, this is something a lot of Christians are not aware of. And that's why you have to be attentive to the word of God when you are in church. Angels work with the Holy Spirit to perform all kinds of miracles. Um, you find them in healing ministries. You find them in other kinds of miraculous events which are uh, deliverances, all kinds of deliverances. But I'll talk about just healings as just one type of miracles. Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 2 to 4. This is uh, a story about when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. But you would say that from verse, from verse 3, the Bible says that a lot of great multitude of sick people Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting, uh, waiting for the moving of the water. They laid at the pool. Okay, verse four. For an angel went down at a certain time. That means this angel used to do this at regular intervals, but it was at a specific time. The angel went into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well. Of whatever disease he had. Now Jesus came here to heal the man who had been there for over 30 years. But that's not my focus. What I want to point out to you is that even before the, the commencement of the New Testament. There were angels who were actively involved in healing ministry. And the Jewish people knew this. They were aware of that. Okay, that's why they were there. They knew that the stirring of the water was, as a, was an activity of an angel. Now, not all angels do that, but this particular angel had this responsibility. Um, and we've had several instances, Pastor Dave has said, testimonies of how healings, miraculous healings have happened by the hands of angels. And sometimes you could be in church, there may be a prayer or something, and you could get a touch from an angel in church that could heal you. The minister with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, number three, angels have also carried out, you know, divine protection. So, one of their roles is to make sure that you're protected from harm, physical and spiritual harm. Number one, uh, you see in, in Acts chapter 12 from verse 5 through 10, let's look at that scripture. So, this is Peter, right? And the Bible says Peter was kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers. 
And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. They were watching this guy. They, they were not sleeping. Okay. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell from off his hands. That is amazing. A miraculous deliverance. Now, why did this angel show up? This angel showed up because the church was praying. I'm going to tell you something. If the church had not prayed, Peter would have been killed. The same way James died. It wasn't God's will for James to die at that time. James died prematurely. Now understand that he went to heaven, but the church lost the benefit of his ministry. Because the church didn't really understand how these spiritual things work. Now understand, this was a very infantile church. This was just the the church coming into existence. So they didn't understand a lot of things. But when Peter was arrested, they knew that they had to pray. But watch what happened when they prayed. Do you see that? Why? Because we live on earth. We live on a planet that has been given to men. So there can be men who have authority to do certain things. And God cannot just come and interfere with activities on earth. Because it's illegal for him to do that. But when a man prays, God can intervene. And most of the time, when such supernatural events happen, angels are involved. Do you see that? Let me show you another one. Um, In Acts chapter 5, from verse 17 through 24, the apostles at this time were preaching and a lot of miracles were happening. So the high priest and the Sadducees caught them and put them in jail. And then they put uh, a group of people, soldiers, to watch them. And watch what happens. It says, the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, um, I'll take that from 18, they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, let's look at the next verses. Go, stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught But the high priest and those who were with him came and called the council together. They came into the same temple where the disciples had been freed. from. So this jail or something was right close to the temple or it was somewhere in the temple. They came into the temple and, uh, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, And did not find them in the prison. They returned and reported. Saying indeed. We found the prison shut securely. And the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them. We found no one inside. (laughs) So how did they get out? The padlock was not broken. The guards who were standing in front of the door. Were still there. They stood there all night till morning. But the Bible shows us that the apostles didn't spend that night in the jail. Because the angel of the Lord came in the night. Brought them out into the temple and told them they should preach. So they waited from night till dawn and waited for the people to come to church from their homes. To the synagogue and preach to them. Somehow, they remain invisible. 
Because the gods didn't realize they were in the temple. They didn't see them leave the temple. The high priests and the Pharisees came to the temple and still didn't see them. Until they had finished preaching. (laughs) Do you see that? That that was the work of an angel. And of course, by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But it shows you how God can supernaturally deliver you. Listen, you are not alone. I said you are not alone. Sometimes we tend to think, yeah, I'm alone and then we are afraid of stuff. If you are so aware of the powerful ministering spirits that are around you, you'll be very bold. You'll be very bold. And I'll tell you more about how you can recognize their ministry, okay? Um, Because in Psalm 91 from 11 through 12, the Bible talks about how God has given his angels charge. So that you may not dash your foot against a stone. They are responsible for your protection. They're responsible for you. So you are protected. Say, I'm protected. Even Satan knew. That's why he used this scripture to test Jesus. He knew there were angels assigned to him. Like, you know, the president of the United States has his security detail. He has people who protect him. And they protect him to the death. Even if it means paying with their own lives. Their their responsibility is to make sure that the president is safe. And if anything happens to the president, they will be questioned. They will be held responsible. Do you see that? It's the same thing spiritually, but it's even higher. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, Number four, angels are involved in the giving of divine guidance. They are involved in the giving of divine guidance. We see in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. um, We see that the Bible talks about the sixth month. um, An angel, the sixth month of John the Baptist's pregnancy, right? Because John the Baptist is three months older than Jesus. So when John the Baptist's mom was six months pregnant, then the angel, everything was timed. Everything was timed. So the angels needed to make sure that things happened at the right time. Remember, John the Baptist started, if you calculate this well, he was three months older than Jesus. He must have started his ministry around three years before Jesus began his. Okay, so everything was very much timed. And angels were involved in all of this. So he said, Gabriel was sent to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And he... um, And he said to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He gave the woman details. This is is what this child will be called. You don't call him Isaiah. You don't call him Ezekiel. His name is Jesus. Right? And we see that happening many times in scripture. The same thing happened with Samson. The same thing happened with John the Baptist himself. Do you see that? So, Um, Angels are involved in giving of divine guidance. And we also see uh, that in Matthew chapter 2 from 19 through 23, we see that uh, Joseph received guidance about where to go with Jesus. Alright, so it says, When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. So the angels told Joseph to take the baby to Egypt. And then, when the time was right, 
they went to Joseph again and said, now you can take the child back. Now all these things were in fulfillment of scripture. So even the address that Jesus lived at, his address, angels made sure that address was correct. Because they wanted to make sure that he was there to fulfill scripture. (laughs) You see that he said, out of Egypt I have called my son. So he had to go to Egypt. They could have said, go to Samaria, go anywhere else. But the scripture had recorded that he had to be in Egypt. So when Herod was looking for him to kill him, the angels gave them a specific place to go. You go to Egypt. And now they said, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Let's move on. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was speaking by the prophets, he shall be called the Nazarene. Do you see that? So the angels made sure That every detail concerning the life of Jesus Christ was fulfilled and was consistent with scripture. Now, is it any different with our lives? No. No. It's it's no different with our lives. And and one of the reasons why sometimes we, we are not aware of these things happening is because we are not conscious of them. Okay? We have to be conscious of their ministry. Number five. Angels are involved in spiritual warfare. They do spiritual warfare. They fight. <laughs> okay. Now let's look at a few examples. Uh, I'll try to speak through this. Second Kings chapter 6 from verse 12 through 17. This is Elisha and his, uh, his servant. And the king of Syria at the time was fighting Israel. So he would, you know, in those days, and even now in our days, when you go to war, you sit down and you strategize. So he would make a strategy with his uh, majors, and Israel would somehow find out and escape. And then he would make another one, and they would escape. And the Bible says, this happened not once, not twice. It means three times or more. They escaped all his plans. And he thought, he called all his army, he said, won't you guys tell me who is, who, is, who is the treacherous person in our midst? Somebody is leaking information. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. <laughs> and he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do you understand what the prophet is saying? He didn't say we are more than them. He said those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So the them is the army. 
But the prophet has spiritual insight. So he's telling his servant, there, is, there are people with them. But the people with us are more than those with the army that you see. The servant still didn't understand. So Elisha prayed in verse 17 and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. All ran about Elisha. This is an angelic army. But the prophet was conscious that they were there. Now, that army was defeated. They were all struck with blindness. But what that tells you is that there are spiritual forces behind the army that attacked Elisha. And those spiritual forces had to be defeated spiritually by these angels. Before this army could be defeated physically. Okay, I'll show you a few more things. Now let's look at Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. You speak through this here. So Daniel um, is having a conversation with Gabriel. And he said, do not fear from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. This is Gabriel talking. He's saying, Daniel, the first day you started your fasting, the commandment came forth and I was sent. But the prince of Persia, who is the prince of Persia? I've told you, I told you last, the last time I shared this message, I said, Satan has princes over every nation. He has, he has his own angels that are in charge of countries, communities, neighborhoods. Sometimes even families and individuals. Okay? That's why you, are, you must be covered by the blood. You have, Christ In Christ is the only safe place you can be. But the prince of Persia were responsible for the kingdom of Persia. They were the ones controlling what was happening in that kingdom. And Daniel was praying for a revelation. Now, that revelation was going to spell the end of the kingdom of Persia. So when the angel was bringing that revelation, he faced resistance from those forces. Now the kings of Persia is not the physical king sitting on the the throne. He's just a mortal being. The real people are behind the scenes. They are in the heavens. And Gabriel tells Daniel that he was involved in a fight for 21 days. Okay, I'm just letting you see angels fight. And sometimes when you pray, these kinds of wrestlings go on in the spirit. Of course, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. But there is also war in the spirit. Now, let's go to the subsequent verses. I want to show you something. Um, Is it verse 17? Let's go down to... Can you give me... I I wanted to show you the part where the angel talked about the fact that the fight was still going on. He said, I'll return to continue to fight. Is is in 20? Yeah, in verse 20, he told him... (laughs) He says, Do you know why I have come to you and now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia? So even while Gabriel was talking to Daniel, the fight was still going on. And he said... 
I'm going back. When I go, we'll continue the fight. But they, it's surely they will be defeated. Praise the Lord. They will be defeated. But hey, an insight. When the prince of Persia leaves, the prince of Grisha will come. The rise and fall of kingdoms. So he told them, Satan will erect another kingdom. It's the kingdom of Greece. And true, if you study history, this happened. Alright? But just the activity of angels. Now, how can we benefit from the ministry of angels? How can we benefit from their ministry? I'll tell you a couple of things um, in quick succession. Number one, recognize their ministry. Recognize their ministry. If you don't recognize their ministry, they are not as active. Okay? Um, and you can look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Um, the Bible says they are in our midst on Mount Zion. And the Bible says they've also been sent to minister for us in Hebrews 1.14. So you must recognize that they are there and they work for you. Number two, speak the word and have positive confessions. In Psalm 103 verse 20, the Bible says that angels hear the word of God. So even though they are sent to minister for you, they just don't obey any instructions at all. They only listen to you when you speak in consistency with the word of God. So when you speak against the word of God, when you talk negative all the time, you will tie them up. You tie their activities. But when you speak faith, they go to work. Amen. Amen. Number three, walk in love and be kind. (laughs) This is so important. Angels are attracted by kindness. They are attracted to kind people who walk in love. When you walk in love and you walk in kindness, you experience their ministry more. Um, Because in Hebrews 13 from 1 to 2, he says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Do you see that? And let's look at, uh, in, Con- in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 4, the same thing happened to Cornelius. Yeah. Right? An angel came to Cornelius, and he said to him, Cornelius. And when he had observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. You see, the kindness of Cornelius precipitated an angelic ministry, an angelic manifestation. Number four, respect spiritual authority. Angels don't like disobedience. (laughs) They don't tolerate it. Okay, now, in the church, now, they may not do anything to you, they may not hurt you, but if you want to experience their ministry, you must respect spiritual authority in the church. Like, for example, if your pastor says something, That the church needs to do something. And it's your responsibility. And you do it. You attract their ministry. Because you show that you are submissive. To authority. Now in Exodus chapter 23. From verse 20 to 21. God tells Moses that. Behold I send an angel before you. To keep you in the way. And to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him. And obey his voice. Do not provoke him. This is God talking to Moses. says, don't provoke him. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. Now we know this, this is Angel Michael, actually. He's the guardian angel of, of the nation of Israel. Okay? But he was the one responsible for making sure that they moved out of Egypt and safely into Canaan. And he's still the guardian angel over Israel today. 
Okay, he still is the guardian angel. He's called the prince of Israel. If you look at the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament books. Number five, one of the ways you can benefit from the ministry of angels is learn to pray in the spirit. Okay, I'll show you just one scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1. Watch what the Bible says. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am... I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. So, people get distracted by the second one. Of course, you should walk in love. But he's telling you that you can speak with the tongues of men or of angels. Remember, the Bible talks about diverse kinds of tongues. So, diverse kinds of tongues. Remember, Pastor, Pastor Randon preached about this. When the disciples experienced this gift and they prayed in the upper room, they were speaking the tongues of men. That's why the people there heard them. And they understood what they said. But you don't understand tongues all the time. And sometimes when you're praying, you're actually speaking the language of angels. That's what he's telling you. Because sometimes there may be an issue that needs to be addressed. But you may not be mentally aware that this is, this is the problem that needs to be fixed. But whilst you are praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural words. Those words come through your spirit and instructions go to the angels. And they carry it out. So you have to understand, praying in the spirit is very important. At some point, there are times when you pray in the spirit, angels don't hear you, only God does. But here he tells you, this is in the diverse kinds of tongues. Okay, so praying in the spirit. Is very important. Learn to pray. Learn to worship. Learn to submit yourself to authority. And that's the word I have for you tonight. Because if you would do these things. You will begin to experience marvelous miracles in your life. I've had times in my life where. I was. I would, I would set a time. I remember this very clearly in Ghana. I would set a time to pray. And 15 minutes before my time, I'll hear a knock on my door. <laughs> I'll hear it happen consistently over a period of time. Okay, and of course, Kojo knows where we lived in Ghana. The entrance in Ashtown, the place is locked. So there's nobody coming through the door. The first, it happened two or three times. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. And then later, it dawned on me. That the knock always came before my alarm, my alarm bell ring. It was time to pray. It was time to pray. It's important to recognize their ministry in your life. Let's be on our feet and I'll pray with you. Our time is up. Are you excited about the ministry of angels? They are there to be a blessing to you. I want you to bless God. I want you to thank God for their ministry. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power and the ministry of angels. We give you glory that they are in our midst. They are bringing answers. They are bringing divine protection. They are bringing divine provision. And Father, we thank you that we align ourselves tonight with your word. And we align ourselves tonight with the move and the operation of your spirit. 
in the name of Jesus Christ, let angelic protection be doubled. We pray tonight if there is any situation in this place that requires an angel of God to move, we pray in Jesus' name, we release them tonight. Let them go forth and cause changes and cause transformations and cause healings to come forth and cause miracles to come forth that the name of Jesus will be praised. We thank you, O God, for your divine protection over the nations, for your divine protection over your church. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory for an answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.